1: Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes.
3: All right. Here I know.
4: This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. <clears throat>
5: Dum di dum, dum di dum di da, dum di dum di dum di dum, dum delli, di di dum, dum di delli This is Dumdy Dum, a podcast about the archers and the goings-on of Ambridge. I'm Philippa Hall lugging in the tea urn for Emma and I'm Katie Plumpton trying to fix the broken dishwasher. And then there's you lot, our lovely Dumdy dummers queuing up for your refreshments while we clear up the smashed cups. Well, Dumpty Dum is the People's Podcast, and on this episode we have 12 caller-innerers and email-innerers. We
6: hear from... Andrea from Brittany, who's sitting in her orchard. Brian, who has been thinking ahead. Claire, who's running around Ambridge. Darcy, who has scones or scones on her mind. Laura from Bedfordshire, who's full of praise. Glynn, who is looking at Brookfield. Jack, who has more clues for Jacqueline. Jacqueline, who is working out the clues. Catherine, who has questions about Ambridge. And Claire, who is still running
5: but is also on a roll. Plus, emails from Rich in Aberdeenshire and our very own Purple Pumpkin.
6: We have The Week in Ambridge by R Suey, a two-minute history of dogs in Ambridge by Stephen, a roundup of the Dumpty Dum Facebook group by our Rob, and the three Twitter gongs: Bronze, Silver and Gold by Purple Pumpkin. Marvellous.
5: Now, before Katie and I start chatting too much, let's remind ourselves of what happened this week with a roundup of the week in Ambridge from R Suey.
2: Hello lovely people, it's Siri here, Queen or Tartt on the Twitters, and another week in Ambridge. There are quite a lot of questions this week. How many times can George get sacked in a month? What are the chances of him getting the most recent job back? How does Natasha think she knows more about running a tea shop than Fallon? How delusional is Emma? Where exactly did George post the footage of Ellen's epic meltdown? All this and more. Helen and Rob ended up in the car park at the swimming pool and he sent Henry into a huge downward spiral. This is going to take a lot of getting over and some therapy. After finding out that George facilitated communication between Henry and Rob, Helen went to say her piece, then had her doughty laundry aired in public. George filmed her and then put it up somewhere undefined, but I think we can be sure that Rob will have seen it. Oops. George got handed his P45 again. Proud mum Emma doesn't have time to read, can't cope alone in the tea room and has never considered putting the syrups by the coffee machine. I wonder what will happen when Fallon gets back and sees they've been moved. Toby did some beekeeping and who knew that Ruth knew her way around a hive? The penny dropped with Emma and Will that their son is a right old misogynistic little toe rag. It's a bit late now. Pip is still running away from her newly acquired sapphic leanings and into the arms of Toby. Astonishingly, he did not change her mind and straighten her up. It's just a matter of time. Susan kissed and made up with Helen and George was reinstated. Fear not, dear listener. I'm sure it won't be long before he's out on his ear again. Till next week then, my lovelies, and I hope it's a good one.
5: Fantastic. So, Katie,
6: what have you been up to this week? Well, it's been my birthday, so that was very exciting (laughs) Birthday this week. Thank you very much. 21 again. Um, <laughs> yeah. so uh, yeah we started last saturday by uh, going to pug cella which <laughs> <laughs> was exactly what it says on the tin amazing <laughs> exactly so tommy the pug my pug came along and he was dressed up in a very snazzy bow tie and met up with his friends lily lulu edna norris all of that lot so yeah we went to pug cella That is amazing. Do you get party bags at Pugchella? We did indeed. Yeah, party bags with treats and bonios in and flyers. And yeah, I've I've been to some incredible pug parties in the past. I think Barry's third birthday was the highlight. It was it was a pool party near Coventry.
5: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. This is a whole new thing.
6: Yes. Yeah. The press were there and everything. It was ridiculous. (laughs) Wow. So, yeah, it's been been good fun, really. How about you?
5: Uh, Well, it's just I've had to change my computer and it arrived yesterday and I unboxed it. Why does it take so many hours to actually get a computer up and running? I expect to open it. I opened it. First of all, it had to do updates. Can't they sell computers already updated? And then after hours of updates, it then said, right, now we need to move all your files across. 14 hours. 14 hours. And I had an online meeting in an hour's time and I kept willing it to speed up. But in the end, I had to press cancel. So once I finished recording and editing this, I've got to go back and start the whole process again. Can't wait.
6: Oh, wonderful. Yeah, it always takes hours just to get into the box as well. Yes, I just, it's a painful procedure.
5: And yes, I I really do feel they should sell them fully updated. But anyway. Well, you'd think so, yeah. Yes. Never mind. Anyway, I'm so glad you had a lovely birthday. That's very exciting. And that's enough about us. Let's get on to the important bit, which is you lot, our lovely caller-rinnerers. Hello, Ambridge 3962. And first of all, we have Andrea from Brittany, who is sitting in her orchard. Hello there, it's Andrea calling from
4: beautiful Brittany calling in after Sunday's corker of an episode. Oh my word, my heart is still pounding. Still can't quite breathe properly, so I've had to come out and sit in my orchard. I thought that'd be appropriate. Not sure if I could really call it an orchard. There's one very old cider apple tree that uh, has some of the boughs reaching down to the ground. They're so heavy. And also two equally old cherry trees that are so straggly nowadays that only the birds can get the cherries about 30 feet up in the air um, but anyway the orchard is definitely the place to be it's where it is all happening and what can i say scone scone gate who'd have thought hey eh? stella was uh, really quite emphatic about it i think it just shows how important dumpty dum is in shaping the stories in the archers if ever we needed any proof of it this is it i mean firstly madame berto says that i am ferret obsessed and so we get a wonderful storyline with the ferrets at the fate and now this after all our scones Scone debates stella brings it up again what more can i say um the only question is what other storylines would we like to see in the archers perhaps we should all get discussing it and in a few months they'll turn up hope you all have a good week speak soon
5: Oh, thank you so much for that call, Andrea. That's absolutely brilliant. Yes, dum-de-dum, we like to shape all the stories in The Archers and I agree with you, I couldn't breathe properly either with Sunday's episodes. But yes, what other storylines would we like to see? I would always say books, actually, but we had books this week and I wasn't happy with it. Susan throwing out books? No, no, no. And then Emma not knowing what all the books were that that made me very cross. But when Susan said to Emma, you've not been gossiping, have you? <laughs> just like, oh, yes, of course she has.
6: Yeah, I did think of you when the book bit came up. I was like, oh, <laughs> my God, it's a good job she's doing this week. <laughs> yeah,
5: but, you know, it's like lark Rice candleford yes. Edge of Madness, haven't read that one. I've obviously read some other Michael Dobbs books, but it's just nice to have the books mentioned, but not by Emma. Susan, absolutely fine. But Emma, no, thank you. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Definitely not Well, I'm all up for a pug party So I think someone needs to have a pug I think the, the sound effects of all of the little pugs Snuffling around <laughs> would just be wonderful on the arches Perfect And I'd quite like to come and sit in your orchard, Andrea It sounds
5: well nice That would be nice A dumpty dum soiree in the Definitely. orchard We're on our way, Andrea <laughs> And next, let's go to Brian Who has been thinking ahead
7: Hello all. Hey, it's Brian Nice to talk to you Not so much a plot prediction as a plot possibility, and I've only listened, it's only Tuesday, so I haven't listened to much this week, but there's a possibility, not a prediction, but a possibility. Will Rob's demise come sooner than we think? Not directly from the brain tumour, but we've had sort plenty of evidence that he's driving and he's been having seizures. Could it be that he ends up having a seizure while he's driving, causing an accident? Secondary to that, could that be after he's got Jack somehow in his car, albeit melodramatic and peace injury, but it's there for what it's worth. i don't know what you all think of that. Nice short one this time. Nice talk to you. Enjoy your day. Thanks then. Bye.
6: Oh, Brian. Yeah. Wow. That could be quite an interesting episode. I mm. like that idea actually of not kind of having to go through the slow demise of Rob. I think it maybe needs a sudden ending, whether it is a seizure in a car crash or pat with the gun in the drawing room. I have no idea. But yeah, I think that could be quite a good way to get rid of him sooner rather than later. That's a really good idea. What do you think?
5: Yeah, I love Brian's prediction. Let's hope that happens as long as there's nobody else involved. That would would be my worry. But with this whole issue with Rob and Jack and Henry, we learned this week that Helen had only applied for a protection order for Jack and not Henry, which really concern me why she didn't think that there would be implications. I know Rob's focus has been on Jack because he's his sort of natural child, but he's been involved with Henry and surely she'd want to protect them. Surely the solicitor originally would have said to protect both children. I That just made me very concerned. And the fact that Henry had talked to Pat in confidence about how he felt, and then Helen went mad, going round blaming George about it, and not really just trying to put Henry first and trying to, you know, just communicate with him and and not damage further the relationship. All he needs to hear, is, all he needs, is a text message from George saying, "Crikey, your mother's come round and and look what happened," to make the the gap between Henry and Helen even worse I you know and she also said well I've tried to shield him but surely he remembered he was a child yes he might remember some things but unless you sit down and communicate with him it it it's all going to go horribly wrong and so yeah, well I just don't know
6: yeah no I I totally agree with that there was yeah a lot going on there Helen just needs to take a few breaths maybe she needs to do some mindfulness I don't know (laughs)
5: I'd love to see a lot of Ambridge do mindfulness (laughs) Uh, Meditation Yes, they should all go to Kate and do some meditation Sit in a yurt With some sage wafting They'd need to be there for several days, I think To try and get mindful, but anyway Might be a long week in (laughs) Ambridge Brian, that's a brilliant prediction Thank you so much for that And now we go to Claire, who is running around Ambridge
8: Hi, this is Claire I'd call myself Run Around Ambridge I run somewhere very like Cambridge. I've been listening for a long time. I've been an omnibus listener until recently when I found Dumpty Dum. And now I find I have to listen a bit sooner than the omnibus. And sometimes I listen to the whole lot during the week, each run or a few on a run, and then listen to the omnibus as well just to, you know, get it all clear in my mind what on earth is going on. I had so much to say on my runs today and I don't feel I have really anything to say now because I've gone a little bit shy sort of towards the beginning of the week, I was thinking, are we actually going to hear our conversation with Henry? That young man is 12. He's 12. His mum needs to go up there, sit outside his bedroom door and tell him that he is loved and that she understands. I know that she is struggling. I understand that. But sorry, that's my dog. He needs to hear that, doesn't he? And then so much. I had so many thoughts as I was running today. I need to tell them that. I need to tell them that. But I suppose I'll just say, so that's where it's going. It's really good to see that the Archers are sort of challenging some of the things that are online now for young men like George. I don't think this is going to solve the problem. And now it's all been put down to influencers. It's out there. And our sons are listening to these things and learning these things. So it's a really good thing that they've done. I've got so much more to say. But I think what I'm going to have to do is get myself a little pad and write things down. So if you hear from me again, it'll all be on there. Thanks, guys. Great to get to know you. Hope to speak to you a bit more soon.
5: Claire, thank you so much for that. That's brilliant. Yes, I listen to The Archers when I'm running as well. In fact, it's a reward when I'm halfway through my run, which I hate doing, I get to listen to The Archers, but then I have to make notes as I'm listening. So I always end up stopping. No bad thing, I would say. Oh, yeah, Helen, Helen, Helen. I think I wrote her name down in my notes about 20 times in just one sentence. What my issue with Helen is when George started filming her, you know, if, if I was in a public area and someone started filming me, I would just shut down. You, you can't. She just went to DEFCON level 10 after that. And it just showed how volatile she is, how she needs help. I mean, she really does need help because it's not working out at all. Lee must be so glad he's in america hiding away because who wants to have to deal with that i don't know it's just very messy indeed
6: yeah lee's definitely just sitting over there across the pond with his feet up (laughs) (laughs) leaning back breathing a big sigh of relief away from all of this yeah she 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 needs to like I said calm down a little bit but I agree with the whole she used to sit outside Henry's door and just remind him he is loved and yeah right she lost it with him but sometimes parents do but then you kind of come back and apologize and have a proper chat and she just needs to give him a big hug and just be there for him as well and, like you said earlier as well, it was really strange that she didn't add him in this protection thing. Mm. It's really strange. It's just, it's again, it's a kind of, oh, Henry, you're not as important as Jack, as everyone seems to be saying. And yeah, it's horrible. Exactly.
5: And the only time she spent with him is when she was insisting he do his school project on like the first day of the school (laughs) holidays. Yeah, poor kid.
6: a child.
5: What a mess. What a mess. But what a great call, Claire. Thank you so much. And I think you might have called in a second time. So we'll return to you later on. But now let's go to Darcy, who has scones or scones on her mind. Hi, this is Darcy,
4: Northern California. I just want to say I'm very proud to have brought to the attention of the screenwriters our whole kerfuffle about scones, scones, jam, cream, cream, jam, butter. Let's see where we're going to go with that and how
6: this goes with the whole pit thing. So let's see about that. Thank you. Firstly... I can't believe that someone is not bothered, whether it's jam or cream or cream or jam first. That that blew my mind the most, I think, this week. I was just totally gobsmacked, really. I mean, the only way is jam and cream, but, you know, fight me. It's fine. <laughs> and it's definitely scone, not scone. Feeling very strongly about this. I mean, me and Philippa <laughs> have got history talking about cakes and biscuits and goodness knows what. But I dread to ask what Philippa's version is. But what is it again? A scone or a scone, I'm OK. I'd probably call it a scone.
5: But it for me, yes, it's you put your butter on, you put your jam and then you put the cream because I don't want too much jam, but I want as much cream as I can pile on. But I would have to say that Rob is on later on with our Facebook roundup and he's got a... A very worrying suggestion for a, how a, a scone or scone should be eaten. So just w- wait for that, everyone, later on. But also talking about puddings. Oh, and I should say with with scones or scones, we do accept everybody of, of all views <laughs> because there was a vote actually on the Dum Dum Facebook group Oh, some weeks ago. The last time it was mentioned... in Ambridge. And it seemed pretty equal from memory. So there are those people out there who like to put the jam on top of the cream. Maybe they're jam fans. And so they want the wrong one. one. We are an equal opportunities (laughs) podcast. (laughs) We heard mention at the end of the week of two pudding options at Brookfield, cheesecake or hedgerow pudding. I have never heard of a hedgerow Pudding before I actually had to have a bit of a Google to see what it was. Have you? What was d- it?
6: No, I don't know what it was.
5: So I was thinking, is it a bit like a summer pudding, or is it just bits mm. of litter that people have left in the hedge? Is that does that go in some <laughs> sort of a pudding? A but bag, but no, it, and goodness knows, yeah, well. yes, exactly. Empty tin aside, who knows? <laughs> it's got blackberries, raspberries, damsons, or plums, hazelnut but it does look like a summer pudding if you look at the photos of it I don't know if it's like a cross between the taste of a summer pudding and a crumble because mm. to have nuts in it. it's got the Sounds bread on great. the outside and then the fruit and the nuts inside but yes I'm up for, if it's served with a huge dollop of cream for me I know you're going to mention that <laughs> awful other word Cato.
6: yes the skin on custard
5: but, oh, <laughs> anyway Darcy, thank you so much for your call. That was wonderful. And now we go to Laura from Bedfordshire, who is full of praise.
0: Hi, Dumpty Dummers. Just wanted to ring in after Tuesday's episode to just praise the script writers and the fantastic actress who plays Emma. I found the episode this evening really just a bit of a punch in the guts in terms of it just made me feeling a bit physically sick in terms of George's behaviour. But I thought, it was brilliantly acted, you know, the fact that we kind of got the real fragility of Emma in the conversation with Natasha, I felt, at the tea rooms, just perhaps kind of seeing under that quite hard and I previously thought cocky exterior to actually reveal some of the sort of perhaps self-confidence issues underneath. And then uh, in the whole oh, pussy with George, just to really see her, I think, cracking and the realisation with horror of what George has been doing and I also felt a real sense of desperation from her in terms of what is she going to be able to do to control this awful behaviour. Yeah. And as I say, I just think it's so much to pack into a, a 15 minute episode and to leave you feeling so many different emotions within that 15 minutes is just fantastic. And as I say, I just can't put enough praise on the actress to play them. I think how the script was written was also very, very good. And I, and I think as well, you know, the actor who plays George, I mean, to be able to act that vile, oh, my goodness, and really, I think, convey the venom and the, The hatred, really, that George has for women, I do think that's fair to say now, and also just generally at the world, I think it was a great talent. So just, yeah, bravo for the episode. Who knows what's going to happen the rest of the week? My One other reflection is, where on earth are Ed and Will? Like, it feels like Emma's having to deal with this all alone, but possibly that'll happen later on. Anyway, thanks for a wonderful podcast, as always.
5: Bye. Oh, Laura, thank you so much for that call. Yes, Ed and Will, well, Will did crop up and had, I think, a pretty good stab at parenting, actually. I admired what he said to George. And yes, great acting, great script, great week, really. Such different things were happening, such different emotions. Is Natasha going to try and get rid of Fallon and put Emma in charge? Can Emma make a good business person? I don't know. I think she's good at running budgets. I don't know. I did find it weird that Fallon doesn't use a lot of the food produced by the farm because normally when you go somewhere, like you go to a farm shop and you can buy some food. If there's a tea room there as well, you would expect to eat the same food. And this whole thing about Natasha's idea to put the coffee syrup by the coffee. I mean, you know, that, that's what Natasha's degree and life experience
6: brings to this. It's
5: extraordinary.
6: It's why she's a businesswoman, you see. She's going to rule the world with those kind of decisions. She's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. It was really interesting kind of seeing Emma's realisation develop throughout that week. It was really good the way she's one minute kind of backing up George and now he could never be like this and you've all got him wrong and everything. And then you could just, you could hear the penny drop pretty much in the background. And yeah, you could see all the pieces coming together. And she actually realised what George is really, really like. And I think vile is a very good word. I wrote that down as Laura was saying that. I was like, yeah, vile, that's that's a pretty good word. But yeah, with Emma and Natasha, they're just going to take on the world. The Starbucks better watch out, I think. Do you think Starbucks keep their
5: syrup by the coffee? <laughs> I mean, you know, this is a this is a whole thing. But what do you think will happen? Will Natasha force Fallon out so Fallon then can set up? an operation by the e-charging unit.
6: Yeah I think that's quite an interesting idea because then it's kind of two tea rooms head to head and yeah the fact that Fallon doesn't use the stuff from the farm like you said that's bizarre so if Natasha and Emma can kind of use that as a selling point for being by the farm and then Fallon can go off and do her jazzy stuff that's not from the farm and by the e-charging point there maybe is space for two tea rooms who knows but yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see on that one. But I can definitely see Natasha kind of worming her way in and maybe she starts doing her juices there. I don't know, because what's happening with all of that? It's
5: completely bizarre, yes. It's like not including Henry in the protection order, not selling the farm produce in the tea room. Completely bizarre. And I had forgotten about all the upcycled furniture that must be huge <laughs> if it's taking up so much room and there's an extra 10 coffers that could be done. <laughs>
6: Exactly.
5: Anyway, those are the first five calls. There are more absolutely brilliant ones coming up shortly. So hold on for those. Now, if you'd like to contribute to the madness, you would be so very welcome. There are three ways you can get involved.
6: The first option to record a message or a plot prediction by going to speakpipe.com forward slash dumpty dum. Don't forget the T in the middle. The next option to send us a voice note or message via WhatsApp on 07810 012 881 or plus 44 and remove the first zero if you're calling from outside the UK. Please keep your call to a maximum of two minutes or finally you can email us if you'd rather write to us with your reviews. Maximum of 250 words please. The email address is dumptidum at Do bear in mind you need to be at least 18 to take part and contribute. Don't worry about trying to write all that down now, as we've provided links to
5: those three ways of contributing. You'll find the links in the show notes for this episode. They are there now waiting for you. Now, before we go back to our caller-innerers, let's go to Stephen for another two-minute history. This time, as requested by Lillian last week, on the subject of dogs in Ambridge.
1: This is the BBC Live programme. Here is the news.
9: Here is a two-minute history of dogs in Ambridge. It is inevitably highly selective. Captain was Jack Woolley's Staffordshire Bull Terrier, whom he acquired in 1978. A nuisance in his youngest days to the Grey Gables gamekeepers, Captain's diet of calves' liver and smoky bacon crisps, not to mention the whole of Susan Horrobin's wedding cake, slowed him down somewhat. He wasn't so slow, though, that he couldn't catch Portia, one of Mrs. Antrobus's Afghan girls, when she was on heat in nineteen ninety. The resulting litter included Cole, adopted by Caroline Bone, and the runt of the litter, Hermes, adopted by Linda Snell. The other girls, Tara and Georgina, escaped Captain's attentions. Captain's health improved when George Barford gave him a disciplined diet, while Jack had his pacemaker fitted. But Jack's departure on honeymoon with Peggy in nineteen ninety-two was too much for him, and he crawled under George's bed and died. His memorial stone reads, Thou good and faithful servant. George Barford also briefly worked his magic on an Alsatian cross rescue dog homed by Shula, Alastair and Dan in 2003, but Scruff proved too wild to be safe around the horses at the stables. Linda took the beast on, commenting that while horses might scare, llamas wouldn't take any such nonsense. After initially finding him a handful, She eventually brought him under control and all was well until he disappeared during the 2015 floods. He memorably reappeared months later on Christmas Eve. Then, at the end of July 2016, Scruff was found by his favourite sunning spot, the Resurgam Stone, his life's race run. Finally, three years earlier in July 2013, Will Grundy acquired a new puppy. George Grundy, then in his religious phase, wanted to call it Boaz. But William persuaded him that Baz was close enough. In November of that year, after an autumn during which there were incidents of loose dogs worrying sheep, including Ed's, Will was training Baz alongside his more experienced dog, Mitch. Meanwhile, Ed was out shooting rabbits with Eddie. Baz ran off after a hare towards Ed's grazing land, and Ed acted on instinct and shot him. When Will found out what had happened, he promised that he wouldn't forget it. Ever.
1: Ever.
5: Amazing! I had no idea there was such a history of dogs. Stephen, you have excelled yourself once more. Bravo.
7: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass
5: Let's get back to our calls. And next we have Glynn who is looking at
1: Brookfield. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glynn here, calling in on Friday morning. At the beginning of the year, I made a prediction that this would be the year of Pip. For many months, it didn't look like that prediction was going to be borne out at all. But now we have a major storyline in which she is featuring. And at the beginning of the year, I said, we would find out a lot more about Pip. And I think we now are finding out more about Pip. With the current storyline, it's, it's a merry dance, as I said a few weeks ago, but it's a much more complicated dance than I thought it was going to be. And I can see it, well, uh, there are p- perhaps two ways it could be resolved. One is that uh, she and Stella get together and then forevermore run Brockfield. or well, not forevermore, but you know what I mean. Or Pip could decide that in order to properly work through her sexuality she has to take some time out of ambridge and if that happens because i think given the underneath the current storyline it's been established that she is the heir to brook definitely the heir to brookfield this year if she goes away that puts the future of brookfield into some doubt and that could be a, a very interesting a very interesting set of circumstances what would Josh? Would he then think he was going to take over? Or would David and Ruth think about selling up? So I think this storyline's got a lot of ramifications and it's got quite a long way still to go. Speak to you all soon. Thanks for the podcast and stay safe, everybody.
6: Wow, lots to uncover in that one, definitely. I'm wondering whether when Toby takes Rosie away, that's going to be Pip and Stella's chance to just be together without distractions and... They can see whether it's going to work Mm -hmm. or not and maybe go camping. (laughs) But yeah, I think they just need to, they need that time without the other people around and distractions of Toby. He needs to bog Mm -hmm. off again and (laughs) just kind of get him out of the picture and the rosy distraction and Pip and Stella can have a nice little life together and they can see how it's going to work. And that would be great if they could then be the rulers of Brookfield would be really nice. I hope, Pip doesn't go away. I know you're not her biggest fan, but I am kind of liking <laughs> this storyline. And yeah, mm. it is the year of Pip. Can we just talk about the noises? No.
5: Oh. <laughs> no, I'm going to. There's not enough mindfulness in the world to help me cope with that. I just, the extraordinary noises. I mean, it's enough to put you off human society with the the noises that were emitted. Some people are very anti-Pip. Some people are very anti-Toby for what happened. Personally, I was just glad that Pip was able to say to him, no, you know, she just was able to get in straight away in that episode. No, it didn't mean anything to me. And I don't know if Toby's ever experienced someone saying that to him before. I... I just think Pip's just working out her sexuality and it's just a process and hopefully it's made her realise that Stella is the one. But of course, Stella will then find out that she slept with Toby. I'm hoping Stella, because she's a you know mature, wise woman, I th- I'm hoping she'll be okay. But there might be a bit of a kerfuffle, to use Darcy's term, about <laughs> yeah. that. And as Glyn said, what's going to happen? I mean, I am a Team Josh person, but I can't see him running the whole farm, certainly not for a while. Oh yeah, how is it How is it going to work
6: out? Glyn makes a very, very pertinent point. I mean, Josh would have to be in Ambridge to run Brookfield to start with. <laughs> yes. We've not heard from him in forever, so that would help if he came back. He's so busy with his eggs that oh, he sorry, can't yeah. actually
5: speak. Yes, <laughs> so he's just dedicated to his egg business. Thank you very much. Oh, that was great, Glyn. Thank you so much. And now we go to Jack, who
7: has more clues
5: for Jacqueline.
7: Hello, Jack here. I rather like Jacqueline you trying to guess where I work. I thought that was quite funny. Maybe I'll just drop a hint each week. So, hint this week. I'm just about to lock the orangery with it in the gloaming hour. Bats flying overhead and some live music, as you can hear. Thoughts on the archers not necessarily playing it very well, as in the family, with George, although he is despicable. And his his appalling behaviour, misogyny against Helen, is is beyond despicable. I think of the Churchill quote of "in victory, magnanimity; in peace, goodwill." And I think if they'd have actually accepted his apology, and okay. whilst not necessarily giving him his job back, showing him that by apologising, you know, he's done the right thing, and and and, and they appreciate that, I think that was much more better, much better play of of the dice, as it were. Because then then they're in, they have the moral high ground then, and I think that's really important. But they've sort of let let the advantage slip now. And uh, I can see this sort of affecting George terribly. You know, that old sort of thing of don't kick a man while he's down. And I think that's exactly what they've done. So, yes, obviously, we'll see how that goes. And I've just listened to the Knights Archers with them, Pip and Tom, but I don't really have anything to say about that. I have no attachment to Tom at all. Or Pip, to be honest. So, there we are. Anyway, Pip-Pip.
5: I love the clues, Jack, that you're giving to Jacqueline. And Jacqueline has a, a response for your call shortly. Yeah, Helen, honestly. I mean, Helen keeps quiet when she should speak up and then shouts when she should keep quiet. She does need help, but it just makes me think, what would Shula do? If Shula was here, She would. we would have it that Helen would be walking down the lane upset and would meet Shula and Shula would, for all her bad points, you know, just help Helen and get her to talk it through, which is what Helen needs. So yeah,
6: what would Shula do? WWSD, this is the new tagline we need. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point, actually. Yeah, we're missing that character, aren't we? I mean, are we missing mm. Shula? I, I don't know. <laughs> that's a she other episode. I yeah, she, I don't think she was that bad. But we're kind of missing that character. But yeah, can get him to talk through the issues and just be there for that other person. Yeah. To bounce off that kind of thing. It, it's that character we need. I wonder who that's going to be.
5: Yeah. Who is there now that offers compassion on the walk? I mean, Linda seems to be offering Ugh. compassion in the tea room. <laughs> she wouldn't be your compassion carer of choice. No, bless her. No. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for that call, Jack. And now we must head straight on to Jacqueline to give her response.
6: Hi, Philippa and Katie. It's Jacqueline here. Jack, I know, has phoned in with a few hints for me. Hmm, not really narrowed it down. I know it's near the M6. And I know you can hear traffic from areas, but the M6 is very long. I've had many a happy hours sitting on across Channel ferry, looking at maps and the first thing i came up with was Sizerg castle which is a national trust property very much in the north so next clue please jack is it north or south m6 that will narrow it down for me thank you all have a good weekend everybody. I feel like this is a whole 20 questions, so do we need to be keeping a tally of how many questions Jacqueline's giving? Yes, animal, vegetable or mineral. (laughs) Absolutely, can only answer yes or no. I think we can get there though, come on Jacqueline, believe in you. It's looking
5: as well and it's, it's not easy, even though Jack has given us some good clues. I can't find out, I was wondering if he was sort of Staffordshire way, but... I think he's in Ambridge, actually. I think that's what it is. Jack, just so you know that Jacqueline will be hosting next week with Stephen. So do call again and give Jacqueline some more clues because it's wonderful to hear her trying to work it out. And uh, no doubt she would love some more clues next week. The saga continues. Exciting. And now we go to Catherine, who has questions about Ambridge. Hi everyone, it's Catherine. It's been a great week, hasn't it? I'm sure
10: everyone's got lots to say about the shenanigans in the tea rooms and stuff, and about uh, George making I don't know a TikTok or something of Helen going bananas and putting it up. I don't know. It made it looked like sounded like it was a TikTok, but then it sounded like they were looking at Bridge Farmer on I don't know Facebook or an Instagram reel. I don't know. The social media is a bit vague, as they also had when they said they were going to ring poor old Leaves trying to hide out in San Francisco. Phone him on the tablet. Can't they just say FaceTime somebody? It's really weird. The only other thing I've been laughing about is about how bloody Stella has been invited to absolutely everything. The poor woman's just trying to get some stuff for her evening meal. She's recruited into a very dodgy sounding meal with the snoggers. And then uh, she was invited to roller skating. The woman cannot move in the village for being set upon by uh, uh, the villagers and being invited to things.
5: Have a great week. Brilliant call as always, Catherine. Thank you so much. Yes, invited for dinner with the (laughs) snoggers. And I felt exactly the same as you did when they started talking about chatting to Lee on the tablet. I mean, I know they can't mention brands, but you could say something less prehistoric than that. Just calling Lee or video calling. It doesn't have to be this tablet nonsense. Yeah, Stella, she is so nice. Everybody wants her around for food. Everybody wants to be with Stella. I just thought, would she continue to hire George after the Tea Room showdown? Because she was there with Pip eating scone scones and she witnessed him videoing Helen and all of that. So, would she actually? hire him again, having seen that. I mean, you know, George is losing farm work everywhere. He's lost it at Barrow. He could have lost it at Home Farm. He had lost it at Bridge Farm, but it sounds like he's got it back again. Lucky boy. But there aren't that many
6: farms in Ambridge. You need to keep some on side. Yeah, let's not burn too many bridges. He's (laughs) going to end up with nothing at the moment. I definitely feel like Stella is the new shiny toy. And everyone's like, oh, Stella, let's get Stella around. Stella, Stella, mm. Stella. Yeah, everyone's very excited to have her around. And she's great. I I really like her as a character and what she brings to Anbridge. I, I do like her a lot. But yeah, poor girl. She needs a night off. Yeah, she just needs a night at home having the rest. <laughs> needs to sit in her PJs, have a takeaway
5: and watch yeah. some rubbish telly. That was just a great call, Catherine. Thank you so much. And now we go back to Claire, who is still running but is also on a roll. Claire, run around Ambridge back. Now I've opened up the floodgate. The other thing I had as a little brainwave
8: that I thought about is it's obvious. Natasha sounded like she was chatting Emma up to potentially open that new coffee shop, the Bridge Farm coffee shop in competition against Ballon. What do you think? Mm. Anyway, now I've opened the floodgate. So I keep leaving you messages constantly, hoping that you'll pop me on the show one week.
6: Thank you. Definitely keep coming in with the ideas, Claire. It's brilliant. Firstly, though, are you running are you trying to run away from Ambridge? (laughs) Or or are you running towards it? I'm not sure. Yeah, definitely agree with this Natasha Emma coffee shop. It's gonna happen. Is it gonna be Fallon goes and starts a new one, or will they them too go somewhere else and start a new one? It would make sense for Fallon to go because she's not kind of been getting the deal she wants from everybody and it's her chance to start afresh and Take over the world, but Natasha and Emma—it's gonna happen. Trying to think of a good name for it, other than Bridge Farm Coffee Shop. There's got to be a good pun in there somewhere. I can't even (laughs) think. Call in with names, yes.
5: (laughs) Sausage Boy and Fruit Juice Girl, (laughs) and they superheroes. Yes, forget Marvel, forget DC. (laughs) You've got Ambridge now. Love it. (laughs) That's brilliant, Claire. So those are the calls. Thank you so much, everyone. We love them do call back next week. And now we go on to emails.
6: And the first email, I believe, is from Rich in Aberdeenshire. Yes, it is. Rich says, hi, new to the pod and fairly new to the Archers. I have a thought or possibly a theory about current events in Ambridge. Do we know for certain that Rob's indeed dying? He and Helen were apparently told in a public area of the hospital, if I understood correctly, and he made a big play of suggesting it could possibly be true. It's entirely impossible that I may have missed something. I wasn't listening at the time of the original storyline, but it would appear to be very on brand for him to fabricate such a thing. But nobody in Ambridge seems to have considered such a possibility. All the best, Rich Aberdeenshire. Wowzer! I mean, it's a possibility. I wouldn't put anything past Rob, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, who was the person? Because she wasn't very—I can't remember if she was a doctor or not, or what she was supposed to be, but she wasn't very doctor like the way she kind of dragged Helen in and was kind of like, I don't care. You're not supposed to talk to him or whatever. Come in. It's fine. Let's talk. Let's talk. Come on. Come on. So yeah. Was she someone who wasn't actually a doctor and maybe they made a whole hospital? (laughs) Who knows? You never know what's going on. I don't. Yeah. Don't put anything past Rob. (laughs) Don't trust him at all. When Rob said to Helen, "Oh, you
5: haven't called me since the medical details. Why do you think she's going to? Oh, how are you? How are you feel? How are you feeling? How are you doing? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Rich, Rich could ha- could be right. I mean, Rob would have had to fabricate quite a bit the hospital scenes and the call from the consultant. But as we've said, he is capable of so much. So don't rule really, don't rule out anything in Ambridge. In Ambridge." anything can happen. So thank you very much for that, Rich. And now we have an email from our very own Purple Pumpkin. Hi, Philippa and Katie and Dumdy dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with an emailer in about this week's storylines. Although it's only Friday morning, so perhaps there will be a bit more resolution before the weekend. In past weeks, since the return of Rob, I've been sympathising from afar with the listeners who say they can't bear to hear him and his manipulations, and so are switching off until he's gone. I didn't truly feel their pain, though, until this week when I found it genuinely very difficult to listen to the disintegration of Helen alongside the development of George into a grade A nasty piece of work. If it weren't for my tweet of the week responsibilities, this is the week I'd have turned off until the synopsis suggests some more bearable storylines. I'm not bidding for sympathy. These stories are not personal to me. I just think that they are really unpleasant. And the show is getting something wrong at present. It's not that they're melodramatic in an EastEnders way. It's more that when you listen in private, maybe on headphones, they really get in your head. I desperately want someone to suggest that Helen sees Elizabeth's miracle working counsellor and for someone to report George to the police for posting identifiable images of Helen without her consent. It's time for someone outside the village to help. Here's hoping for some silly love triangle stuff and agricultural stories next week. Keep up the good work. Your loyal listener, Purple Pumpkin. Yeah, Purple Pumpkin, thank you so much. For that. You're right. And it is different when I watch something on TV, yes i'm I care and I'm involved, but it's not it's not as immersive. i I'm not as passionate. I mean, I don't do a podcast for anything on TV yet every week for the Archers. I've got something to say. And I do care, and it does hurt we have heard some very difficult things this week. Personally, I found it easier to listen to than when Rob is talking. It's just his voice that I can't bear and his manipulation, his obvious manipulation. But I just, it just shows that different things affect us in different ways. And it has been quite a week. And your, your phrase, the disintegration of Helen is spot on. And I think we're all agreed she needs help as soon as possible.
6: I think as well, when you listen to it on headphones, because it's round your head kind of thing. So mm. you're kind of watching something on telly. And I, I think you don't have to Maybe take it in as much because you're watching it and listening to it. But as soon as it's in headphones and you've got your own visualization in your head, it, it does get in there a lot easier, I think. And yeah, it, you get I think you start to feel more uncomfortable quicker. And the whole thing where Helen was losing it and George was getting really intense and it does kind of build in your mind more than if you were just watching something on EastEnders or whatever. It's interesting. It's a different way of listening and taking in a story, I think. Yes, exactly. It
5: does mean so much to us all. But yes, we share your pain, Purple Pumpkin.
6: Thank you for your calls, emails and WhatsApps. We love them. Do keep calling in. Mm -hmm. Now let's move on to Facebook. We need to say an outdo to you too, Sarah, Richard and George. So what has our Facebook group been talking about this week? Let's find out as we sit back
11: for the roundup with our Rob. Hello there everyone, it's the other much nicer Rob with the social media roundup. George, as teenage boys I want to do, was watching something dubious on the internet when his mother caught him. William Nolan was outraged. I'm sorry, but what teenage boy can't mute their phone's audio? and close browser tabs with cat-like reflexes when their mother announces her arrival in the house and starts coming towards their room. Kids these days. Shakespeare. The something dubious was there because gorgeous George had put it there himself until he was encouraged to take it down. He was also persuaded to go and apologise to Helen. That didn't go too well for George, though. As Sarah Ferguson pointed out, Sorry for what, George? What were you sorry for? Be specific. Linda Hagopian added, Scriptwriters did not disappoint today. George's reaction to Helen's response to his non-apology will be interesting indeed. And Heather Boggins said, Go, Helen. Just saying sorry is easy. Realising the effects of your action is much harder. I was expecting to sound off after her refusal, but Sarah Spilsbury summed it all up with, Well done, George. After the last 12 months, since we first heard you being a bully to Brad while you brought in the harvest with Oliver, you've run out of people's lives to wreck, so inflicted your destructive streak on yourself and made yourself unemployable locally forever and seeing as how you're likely to be ambridge-bound forever too well that ain't great news is it pal especially as your ma now sees you for the incel that you are i nearly thought you were turning a new route last week when you warned henry off of rob but meh nah, child you make me weep for the future of the human race now get out of my sight ear range. Sandra Sayer has a theory. George has not given the money he raised to Oliver's charity, he keeps it. Helen has rejected him. He seriously thinks that saying sorry put everything right like a five-year-old. He will take the money and leave Ambridge in a hissy fit for the bright lights. He returns in about five years, appearing a success, but is probably a pimp or drug dealer or such. From George, we go to one of his former crushes. Kate Lyle said, Fallon's going to be out of that tea room before Natasha can say six months' notice, isn't she? And Helen Blackburn added, So Natasha is being all nicey-nice to the awful Emma so she can tap her for trade secrets and take over Fallon's empire. Thursday is the new Friday. Joanne Smith asked a question, Is it me, or has the show been trending away from Friday cliffhangers and moving towards exciting things happening at the close of Thursday's show and some resolution on Friday? I like it much better. I hated being anxious all weekend about whatever surprising thing that happened on friday some people put it down to helping the listenership have a happy and relaxed weekend but i have to point out the real reason because dumpty dum is recorded on saturday morning so all the week in ambridge social media roundups tweets of the week etc all have to be finished and recorded by friday the rather unfortunate cliffhanger this thursday involved pip and toby involved in what sounded like clearing a badly bogged drain with a plunger which lillian mccarthy summed up with I predict Rosie's sister or brother being conceived. And finally, as we're on about cliffhangers, Anne Stevenson restarted the scone nightmare by sharing a photo of a coffee and a scone with a cream and jam in separate pots, leaving her with a dilemma. Pam DeLay threw some petrol on the fire by saying, so Pip has one redeemable quality. She knows how to eat scones properly. Can I just make a suggestion, which I hope will put the whole thing to bed once and for all? One, cut the scone in half. Two, apply butter if you have it. Three, put jam on one half, cream on the other. Four, put the two halves together and eat it whichever way up you flip them out, please. And that's it for this week. I look forward to another week of fun and frolics on the Dumpty Dum Facebook pages and hope to be in touch with all of you there. Be warned though, when the chat starts, you can be there for hours. Bye now.
5: Now Rob, I was just about to say thank you so much, that was great. But you have talked about getting scones. Putting the jam on one side the cream on the other and then putting them into a sandwich and eating it all at once. I oh, sorry, Rob, I thought we were, I thought we were friends. What do you think
6: about that, Katie? I am quite intrigued. I'm not sure my mouth's big enough to, to be able to eat that. So I don't know what that says about Rob. But it it could be interesting. I am intrigued to try it. But you know, me being such a dainty woman, you know, I'm not sure I can manage it. <laughs> I think Rob is putting
5: on substantially less cream than I am. And that's how he can (laughs) easily fit it. But also it's gone too quickly then. I need the two sides to take my time and
6: and make it last. Yeah. Otherwise it's going to be way too many scones. Yeah.
5: No, thank you so much, Rob. That was great. And thanks to everyone on the De Dum Facebook group. Now to Twitter. Where you will find us at Dumpty Dum. Make sure you include the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A, so the visually impaired who use screen readers can enjoy any Archers-based tweets. As well as at Dumpty Dum, I can be found with my bookish musings at QuickBook Review
6: with a three, not a W. And I can be found at KTP Land. So let's find out who's won the Twitter medals this week. Hello, it's
1: Fry here, and now on Dumpty Dum, it's time for Tweet of the Week.
3: Hello, Philippa, Katie, and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with a selection of Tweets of the Week. And my thanks as ever to Bernadette, Jen, Quentin, and everyone who tags at Dumpty Dum to make sure we see all the best ones. This week on Twitter, alongside some very lowbrow speculation about a possible three-way between Pip, Toby, and Stella, there was a very high-brow thread, started by at Winston, Texas. It rather went over my head, but sounded very scholarly, and it was all about the musical inflections of the voices of Helen, George and Rob. Do take a look. And now my medals for Tweets of the Week. In bronze position, regular medalist Miranda, at Apple Android app. Just wondering if Grey Gables is reopening as a top-end psychological and psychiatric facility. <laughs> a soft opening could be of immense benefit to the local residents. Hear, hear. The silver medal goes to Dr. Harriet Salisbury at Belong to Streets, catching up with the goings-on in Ambridge in a craggy eyelid voice. So, oh. Pip Archer, I hear you're desperate to prove you're not a lesbian now. <laughs> and the gold medal goes to Finton T at Finton the Wrong on the same storyline. Dear yeah. at BBC Radio 4 Feedback. For the love of God, can something be done to stop Pip Archer kissing in a loud and frankly grotesque manner every other week? (laughs) Thank you in advance on behalf of the Archers listeners everywhere. (laughs) P.S. More George slapping, please. Well, that's it for this week. Hope to see you all on Twitter next week.
5: Thank you for that, Purple Pumpkin. And congratulations to all who were mentioned
6: in this week's roundup, but especially those medal winners. In bronze, it's Miranda at Apple and Droid app. In silver, it's Dr. Harriet Salisbury at Belong to Streets. And in gold, it's Finton T at Fintan the Wrong. And don't forget we're on Instagram. You are our head of Insta, aren't you, Katie? I am indeed. You can find us at Dumpty Dum on Instagram. And as before, just always make sure you use the hashtag Dumpty Dum and also, if you find anything that you think would be great to share, I will happily share anything in stories or posts. I've had a few great things in the past from various different people. And I also really enjoy the hashtag fine which is anything that's kind of a fine art piece that links with the storyline currently. So yeah, get your thinking caps on and tag away, please. If anyone can find a
5: piece of fine art that represents the snogging session, That will be something to behold. We might get banned. (laughs) Yes, we (laughs) don't want that. Next week's episode will be hosted by the power duo that is Jacqueline and Stephen. Well, as we come to the end of this episode, we need to say thanks to all our wonderful contributors and
6: to our social media supremos. The whole Dumpty Dum team are amazing. And we must say thank you to Shambridge for her voices and our podcasting parents, Lucy V Freeman and Royfield Brown. Thank you so much for listening and joining us today. We're off now
5: to see if we can borrow Susan's salad spinner and inflatable bath pillow. So it's a
6: bye bye from me, and it's a tarara bit from me.
5: <inaudible> <Yay! laughs>